Well, Happy New Year. Um, I have a passion. I have a deep stirring within my heart um, this morning uh, to take you to a place where there is complete absence of fear. Where there's no fear in your heart, but there's complete confidence in God. A place where there is joy, deep joy, joy that springs out of your heart, joy that results in singing to God. I have a deep passion to take you to a place where there's peace, rich peace, rest in your soul. I have a passion to take you there and and to help you stay there through this next year, not only this next year, but beyond. And I I feel that uh, my task this morning is an overwhelming one. And uh, I'm reminded of something that Spurgeon said at the beginning of one of his messages. Uh, He laid out a goal for a sermon much as I have this morning. And then he said, this we shall do. If God helps me to speak, and God helps you to hear. And so that I do pray that God would do a work uh, this morning. So I want to talk to you about a choice that you can make today, this morning, uh, that will help you live in joy and in confidence and in peace in 2016. My message to you this morning is stay in the house. You may not know what that means right now, but hopefully you will by the time the message is over. Stay in the house. I'm not talking about your house on Southwest 3rd Street or Northeast Trilene or whatever your address is. The house I'm talking about is the house of the Lord. Now, when most of us think about staying in the house, uh, that probably doesn't sound very much fun. I mean, stay in the house, it's probably something that kids never want to hear. And we probably associate it with cabin fever or feeling cooped up. But this psalm presents it in a completely different way. Um, The house I'm talking about has no such feeling at all. The house I'm talking about is such an incredibly wonderful place, such a wonderful dwelling place for your heart, for your soul, that once you go inside this house, once you experience being in this house, you will want to stay there forever. You will beg and seek and pray that you could stay there every day of your life. Even one day in this house is better than a thousand days anywhere else. As David put it, one thing I ask from the Lord, and this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Under the old covenant, the house of the Lord was a physical place where the presence of the Lord was seen and felt, where God was real and manifest to his people. And God or David uses this phrase, the house of the Lord, I believe to, to go well beyond or way beyond this physical location of the temple of God. He is using it to describe a place 
where his soul, where his heart experiences God. And he says, this is where I will ask to stay. This is where I will seek to stay every day of my life. So the house of the Lord is a spiritual location where, where, you, where you behold God, where you see God, where you're aware of God, where you experience God and enjoy God. To stay in the house of the Lord is to stay near to God, to live by faith, by absolute faith in his protection, his love, and his presence. It is a place where there is complete absence of fear. It is a place of total confidence of heart, a place of well-being like no other, a place of security like no other. This may be a place that there may be some here this morning who have never been there. Or it may be a place that you have experienced somewhat, but you don't know how to get back or you don't know how to stay there. And this morning, by the grace of God, we will help to accomplish that. The core message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that we have forgiveness of sins through his blood, which made possible a new kind of intimacy with God. It made it possible for God to dwell with us and for us to dwell with God or in God. It made, us po- it, made it possible, if you will, for us to dwell in the house of God. Jesus Christ brought us into the house of God. He, he removed all the barriers of sin, all the barriers of punishment and judgment and wrath. He opened the way for you into the house of the Lord. But there is another aspect that I really want to challenge us with this morning that I believe that David is talking about, and that is that for you to live there, to live in the house of the Lord. I loved what, uh, what Matt shared this morning. Christ paid a great price for you to have rest in your soul. Christ paid a great price for you to bring you into this place that we're talking about this morning. He paid a, great, paid a great price to bring you into the house of God, into this place of joy and confidence and peace. But, but we have, we have a, a, a part to play in this and that we are to live there in an experiential way. I mean, we're to experience living in this house. We are to remain in the house, to dwell in the house, to live in the house. So you can be saved and in the Lord securely and eternally but you may not always abide in him. And so we are exhorted throughout Scripture to abide in the Lord. In your experience, you may, so to speak, walk out of the house or not stay in the house. Someone may, for example, someone may do something to provoke your anger. And you feel a strong urge to say something cruel or mean or ugly in return. And so you do. And you sense that something is lost in your fellowship with the Lord. It is if you walked out of the house of the Lord. Not that you lost your salvation or God's love for you. But you left that tangible experience of living in God. Something may happen to you that strikes panic or fear in your heart or your soul. 
and you cave into that, you give into that, and, and you, you start to meditate on fearful things, and you imagine fearful and dreadful outcomes. And so, so to speak, you walked out the, of the house of the Lord, this place that Christ died to bring you into, of confidence and faith and absence of fear. I love David's word picture, and, and obviously, obviously I do or wouldn't be preaching on it this morning. This is kind of my New Year's message to you. But I, I like this word picture of staying in the house, uh, partially because it's helped me. It, it helps, gives, me, gives me a concept, a, a, a way of thinking uh, about where I am to be spiritually, how to stay in a place spiritually. And I love David's word picture here of staying in the house because entering this place of trust, of peace, of joy, or leaving that place of peace and joy and trust is just as definite an experience as opening up your front door and walking into or out of your house. It's that real. Entering the place where God dwells or leaving his presence is just as definite an experience as being inside or outside your house. And the problem with walking out the door, the problem with not remaining in the house, the problem with walking out of the house, so to speak, is that for sure you're going to get beat up out there. Outside of the house, outside of David's house, what was there? There was war. There was armies against him. There was enemies who wanted to devour his flesh. And spiritually speaking, outside of the house, you are going to get beat up. Outside of the house are fears and anxieties, despair and depression, anger and self-pity, sinful habits, and slavery to those habits, that is what is outside the house. Now, there are many biblical phrases to describe this same experience that I'm talking about. Abiding in Christ means the same thing as staying in the house. Jesus said, remain in me or abide in me. Walk in the Spirit is another one. To walk in the Spirit is to keep yourself in the realm of the Holy Spirit. You stay in the Holy Spirit, not in the flesh. You don't walk in the flesh, but live in the Spirit. Jude 21 says, keep yourselves in the love of God. Interesting. Keep yourself in the love of God. It's like, keep yourself in this place. Keep yourself in a, in, the, in a place or a state of enjoying and experience, experiencing God's love. All these phrases instruct us to keep ourselves in a certain spiritual location. Another description given frequently in the New Testament for this spiritual realm in which we are to live or to abide or dwell or stay is the kingdom of God. One of my favorites is Romans 14, 17. It tells us that the kingdom of God consists of righteousness, peace, 
and joy in the Holy Spirit. And Paul is telling us there that that is where our focus is to be. This is where you are supposed to live, in the kingdom, where there is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Dwell there. Live there. And so you can tell if you are living in the house of the Lord or not. There is peace in the house. There is joy in the house. There is righteousness in the house. God is in the house. You see God. You're aware of God. God is big to you when you're in the house. Now, what I'm going to do this morning, I'm going to first talk about why you should stay in the house. Or what would make you want to stay in the house of the Lord? And then we're going to talk about how, how to stay in the house of the Lord. First, why should you stay in the house of the Lord? What would make you want to stay? Number one, The Lord is there. The Lord is in the house. The house of the Lord is his house. And the house of the Lord is this all-consuming attraction to David because the Lord is there. And I hope that the house of the Lord becomes an all-consuming attraction to you because the Lord is there. David said, I seek to remain... This one thing I seek to do is to remain in the, in the house or stay in the house of the Lord to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. So when we're talking about staying in the house of the Lord, this is all about staying where the Lord is, dwelling in him and with him, dwelling in his presence. You know, my grandchildren want... Well, want really isn't, isn't a strong enough word. They are passionate to come over to Grandma's house because Grandma is there. You know, if, if the house was empty, they, they wouldn't care about being there, but they want to come because they, they love Grandma Cindy. And it's Grandma's house. It's, it isn't even Grandpa's house. It's Grandma's house. You know, they love being with her, and... And they love all the things that they, that they associate with being with her. There's laughter and fun and games and food at Grandma's house. And so they, they have a passion to be there in, in Grandma's house because Grandma is there. David had this longing to be with God, to meditate upon his majesty and his beauty and to, to enjoy, to just absorb his love and his mercy, to experience his comfort to experience intimate communion with God. He found such a delight in this. He found this state of living in the house of the Lord to be so far above the normal plane of life, so much better that it became the sole object of his passions. In another place, he said, You fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. In Psalm 36, he talks about feasting on the abundance of your house. 
the house of the Lord was a very attractive thing to David because he felt that the Lord, he felt like being with the Lord, being in the Lord's presence, gazing upon the Lord, fixing his heart upon the Lord was such a pleasurable experience. That Psalm 36 goes on to talk about drinking from the river of your delights. That's God he's talking about. Not not another person that he loves very much. Not a fantastic football game. Not a delicious meal at Cheesecake Factory. That's God he's talking about. Feasting on the abundance of your house. Drinking from the river of your delights. E.M. Bounds who has written so much on prayer, said the experience of God is so extraordinary that once you taste it, that is where you will want to live. And that's, that's all we're talking about this morning. Life is at its best. I mean, life is at its very best when you gaze upon the goodness and the glory and the grandeur and the power and the protection of God on your behalf. Life is not that good when you're not looking upon God. And I love the the way David personalizes God to him. My strength and my light and my salvation. Is it any wonder that this is the one thing that he prayed for? The one thing that he determined... To seek after. Psalm 26, 8, David said, Lord, I love the house where you live. I like that. Lord, I love the house where you live. It's like, Lord, I love your house. That would be the, the passion, the desire that I would desire to have awakened in our hearts. Lord, I love the house where you live. The place where your glory dwells. In Psalm 84, 1 and 2, he said, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. I don't know about you, but that sounds like the place I want to live. Sounds like a place I want to go, live, dwell, remain, stay all the days of my life. All right, so the first, the first why, or the first answer to the question why you should stay in the house of the Lord is because the Lord is there and because he is so attractive and desirable. Second, The house of the Lord is a place where fears are banished and turned into absolute, total confidence. David is surrounded by evildoers. These are are his words, not mine. David is surrounded by evildoers, adversaries, enemies who assail him, who want to devour him, want to devour his flesh. He sees all-out war, Rising against him. And yet he speaks with such confidence. I mean, I don't, know, I don't know where you can read a greater statement of confidence than in these verses. 
The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The war break out against me. Even then will I be confident. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. How does he do that? How does he live that way? How can he say that my heart will not fear? It's because in the house of the Lord, he sees God as his strength and his salvation and the defense of his life. He sees God as so real. He sees, the for, he sees God as a fortress so powerful. He sees God as a strength and a protection so powerful that it takes, it completely banishes any fear that he has of these enemies, these armies, whatever is against him. The only real antidote to fear is to give the Lord your complete mental and emotional focus. And that's why David says, I resolve to dwell in the house of the Lord. For, or because, in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. David had discovered the secret to dealing with fear. Intimate fellowship with God is what overcomes fear. And so he said, that's what, that's what I seek. I seek to stay here in this place where I am beholding the Lord, where I'm meditating upon the Lord. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me. Basically, David is saying there is a place where I go that I have no fear, a place where my soul is completely secure and happy, a place where I sing with great joy, and even though armies besiege me and war breaks out against me, my heart will not fear, and in spite of this, I shall be confident. And David so enjoys this place of freedom from fear and dread that he says, this one thing I ask from the Lord and this only do I seek that I may dwell in this place all the days of my life. Not to be too repetitive, but I tell you people, there is a place too that you can go where there is quietness Confidence, peace, joy, and singing to the Lord. In this place, there is a strong confidence that everything is going to be okay. There is a sense of well-being, a sense of safety, a place where God is all around and His promises are more real than your fears, where His love is greater than your faults, where His forgiveness is greater than your sins, where his solutions are bigger than your problems, this is the house of the Lord. 
Alan Redpath said, If you begin with God, your enemies will grow small. If you begin with your enemy, you may never reach God. If you begin with God, your problems begin to dwindle. But if you begin with the problems, you never get through to God. And so many live in that place where um, they never get through to God. The, the problems is so, just looming so big in front of their mind and their heart and their emotions that they, they cannot see God. And it's a very sad place and miserable place to live. The only way to abolish fears in your life is to go into the presence of the Lord and to stay there. It's something you must seek. Fears are distracting. Fears are powerfully distracting. I heard somebody say that if you, uh, sh- when you shut the door or slam the door on fear, then fear comes in the window. I mean, that's just kind of how it is. Fears come at you in all directions. They grab you. They hold your attention, your emotions. They grab your emotions like nothing else. You must reject the distracting influence of fear and fix your eyes upon the Lord. Isaiah 26.3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. That's what we're talking about, keeping your mind stayed upon the Lord. Stay in the house. Don't let anybody or any other voice pull you out of the house of the Lord. Don't listen to people who magnify your problems to you or who magnify your fears. Don't, don't gaze upon your problems. Gaze upon the Lord. In my own weakness, I admit that sometimes this last year, I have had times, moments, thankfully not long ones, but I have had times where I felt fear, terror, panic, foreboding sense of doom. But I also had times of great peace, assurance, some of my best, most beautiful, precious times ever with the Lord. And there is no real difference in my circumstances What made the difference was where I was living, in the house of the Lord or just in my house. Whether I was living in the kingdom of God and in the Holy Spirit or just in the kingdom of my own circumstances and my own resources. All right, the third reason um, why to stay in the house of the Lord is because you get spiritually and emotionally beat up outside the house. We want to stay in the house of the Lord because it is so good inside and it's so bad outside. Outside this dwelling place of God, I find fear, despair, darkness. You may find anger, resentment, self-pity. Some may find sinful pursuits such as pornography, drunkenness, the emptiness and despair of seeking worldly pleasure after worldly pleasure. Outside of God, all you are left with is the flesh and living in the flesh. And that's the most miserable way to live, especially as a Christian, because you, you know you've been called to something, something more, and there's no pleasure in sin for a Christian. It just leads to misery. But all that is outside of the house. Is. Is misery. Compared. 
to the joy and the peace of being in the house of the Lord. Sin and fears and anxieties and all the things that come with living outside the house make us feel miserable and bring immeasurable pain into our souls. And what I am telling you is this misery itself should be a deterrent to walking out of the house of the Lord. In other words, it should be something that caused you to say, I, like David, am going to stay in the house. This is the one thing I'm going to ask for in 2016. This is my major big prayer request for 2016, that I may stay in the house of the Lord. And that's the, one, that's the major thing that I'm going to seek this year. You know, Jeremiah said, uh, your wickedness will punish you. Your backsliding will rebuke you. Consider then and realize how evil and bitter it is for you when you forsake the Lord your God and have no awe of me, declares the Lord, the Lord Almighty. Jeremiah 2.19. The pain and bitterness you experience outside the house, it speaks to you. It rebukes you. In other words, living outside the house of the Lord has its own miseries. It hurts. And it's a powerful motivation to stay in the house. All right, next, I want to focus on how do I stay in the house of the Lord? I'm going to share a few things, but there's... The first thing is really like 99% of it, okay? Well, David gives us the answer. One thing I have asked from the Lord and that I shall seek. That is, that's, that's the answer. How do I stay in the house of the Lord? He prayed for this. He desired this. He determined to seek after that. So that's the answer. You want it. You pray for it, and you seek after it like it's the only thing that matters to you. It's a matter of desire. It's a matter of choice. It's a matter of, of wanting it and deciding that's where you want to live. You know, we go after what we value or treasure, in the end, in a very real sense, we all do what we want. People come to church because they want to and decide to. People walk in the Spirit because they want to and decide to. People enjoy God's presence because they desire to be there. People draw near to God because they draw near to God. So this is something you must decide to do. It's something you seek after. It's something that you, that you go for. Dwelling in God is such a treasure that it, that it is worth dropping everything else to go do that. It's, it's, worth, it's worth just making a life decision and going after this. I mean, that's, that's what ba- David is talking about, this, this one thing. And I, I, I'm going to preface this next example by, I mean, no criticism of, of all of this. I, I almost, I would 
I would have enjoyed doing it myself. But Iowa Hawkeye fans, by the tens of thousands, changed New Year's plans, got off work, some left, wives and children, spent money, I'm sure, that was planned for other things, and headed to Pasadena. Why? Because they wanted to. Desire. Desire moves you to do what you do. And just to give equal time, back in 2004, when Iowa State went to the Independence Bowl, (laughs) I knew a group of guys that just a week before the game, they dropped everything they were doing. They each kicked in, I think it was 6 or $7 each. They chartered a plane down to Louisiana to go to the game. I mean, why did they do that? Because they wanted to. They desired to. People do what they want to do. So sometimes we have to check our want to, our desire. We have to examine our heart, see what, what is going on in our heart. So the answer of how to stay in the house is, is cultivate or develop a desire to consistently live in the house. Make your, make, make your highest aim in life to stay in the presence of the Lord all the time. And, and I love the way David asks and seeks to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him. And when, when you and I discover the greatness of, of walking with God, experiencing God, remaining in God... Um, you will develop the same kind of passion or desire. You know, you'll, you'll, be, you'll grow into that point where you say, whatever it takes, whatever it costs, I'm going to live in God and in Christ and in the Spirit. And I've had experiences, I'm sure you have too, but I remember a specific one where I was pressed by some very difficult relationship issues, some business pressures, quite a few other trials swirling around in my head. And yet one night it was, I, was, I was at her home, I was sitting on the sofa looking out the window late on the summer evening, and uh, I, just, I had such a sense of God's reality above and beyond all my issues, such a sense uh, that God was in control, such a, a joy and peace and a sense of well-being because I was in the hands of a good and a loving God and that my life and all my concerns were being watched over by the good shepherd that I was being taken care of by the Lord. And I just remember saying out loud, God, I want to stay here forever. I want to always think like this. <laughs> and that's what we're talking about. We, we, we experience God, and, we, and so we make God our one thing that we seek after. Other, other keys uh, to staying in the house. Uh, number one is ob- obedience. Jesus said, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, I will disclose myself to this person. Uh, John talks about the, the one who uh, does his commands or keep his, keeps his commandments uh, abides in God and God abides in him. In the opening statement of Shadow of the Almighty, Elizabeth Elliot wrote this about her husband, Jim Elliot. Jim's goal was to know God, 
his course was obedience. That stayed with me from the very first time I read that book. His goal was to know God. His course or pathway was obedience. So obey what you, 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 you know to do in this moment. And you can't obey for tomorrow. You can't obey for somebody else. Nobody else can obey for you. Obey in your heart what you know as best you know what God wants you to do in each and every moment. That's, that's a, a, a big key of abiding in, or staying in the house. Second, love. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is made complete in us. As we do, as we love others, as we do things that demonstrate that love, we, we will experience being in the house of God. And, and I'm sure all of, you know, you've sensed that, you know, you, you, you do, you do something and, um, you just feel God, you know, it's because when we love, we abide in God and his love abides in us. Number three, trust. This is pretty big. Faith in God. Faith in God. Complete trust in God is what will keep you in the house of the Lord. David is in the house of the Lord because he he is in a place of complete trust. I shall be confident. He says, the Lord is my strength. And he's just confessing out loud statements of absolute, total faith and trust in God. And, you know, nothing, nothing removes us out of the house of the Lord more than just unbelief. Um, it's, a, it's a real killer, you know. Absolute faith and trust in God. So do everything, do everything you can to stir your faith, build your faith. Um, we used to sing a song, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion. They will not be moved. I like that. So in many ways, faith is a key to the door of God's house. A robust faith in God's promises ushers you into the presence of God in a very special way. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, you've got some pretty wonderful things going on here in this verse. You've got the God of hope. You've got being filled with all joy and peace. You've got abounding in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, but then there's that little phrase, as you trust in him, okay? Trust opens the door to all joy and peace so that the Holy Spirit can cause you to abound in hope. And then develop a tenacity or a passion to stay, which obviously we see here in this passage that David had. You will not stay in the house of the Lord through passivity. It comes, it comes through asking and seeking with single-hearted passion. There's a hundred things and a million thoughts that will pull you or work to pull you out of the house of the Lord. Busyness, overcommitment, worries, fears, disappointments, relationship friction, and I could go on and on. All will seek to draw you out of this place. 
But you have to say, that, that is not where I'm going to live. I'm, I'm going to live in the house of the Lord. I'm going to dwell with the Lord in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You fight to stay in the house of the Lord through prayer and through faith by going to the promises of God. Uh, the, the devil doesn't want you to stay there. There may be some other people in your life that don't want you to stay there either. And I've actually had some times where I've expressed having great peace about God, about a situation that could be kind of fearful. I've actually had people say, no, you, in effect, say, no, you should be worried about that. That is a problem. Well, you know, don't let other people pull you out of the house. The amazingly good news I have for you this morning is that right now you have everything right before you to solve all your worries and fears, to satisfy you with pleasures beyond what the wealthiest person in the world could know. You have the experience of knowing and being known by God, of loving God and being loved by God, of dwelling in him and he in you, of abiding in Christ and Christ abiding in you. So if you have come to know anything of God's presence, anything of the glory of God, or as the writer of Hebrews says, if you have tasted of the heavenly gift and shared in the Holy Spirit and tasted the goodness of God and the powers of the age to come, don't walk away from that. Stay there. Stay in the house. Stay in the Lord. Live there. Dwell there. Remain there. And let's make this the one thing that we seek together in 2016, to stay in the house. This is not just an expression of David that you, you kind of look at and read and maybe admire and say, well, that's, that's kind of impressive for him, and um, wow, that's, that's, that's neat. Um, this is not just a prayer of David. This is something that you too can say, uh, it's a prayer that you too can make. It's a it's a statement of intent that you can make, that you can make the statement for your life, the same thing. You can say, this is my one prayer. This is the one thing I ask. This is my major prayer request, that I may live in the house of the Lord, that I may not live in the house of fear, but in the house of the Lord. My one prayer is to dwell in the secret place of the Most High, to be filled with the fullness of God and to have my inner man renewed day by day in greater peace, righteousness, and joy, to be filled with the presence of God day and night, regardless of my troubles or my enemies. I want to live not in the house of anxiety, but in the house of the Lord, not in the house of despair, not in the house of self-pity or anger, not in the flesh, but in the Lord, in the spirit of the living God. Let's pray. Father, we trust completely in you and in your work in us to, um, to make this our passion, our prayer, our life statement, and our experience. And we are so excited to do that. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Well, again, Happy New Year. Have a great uh, day today and, and a great 2016. And, uh, and may the Lord um, lead us to live in this place that is um, truly a wonderful place that he made for us to live. Amen. Thank you for coming.